interesting one. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, if if the day you've had is going to have any bearing on this recording, it'll be interesting. <laughs> well, and the thing that happens when I have a drink is not that I just chill and mellow out. It's that I get really honest with right. what I think. Right. And so I just say it. So when we start drinking, combined with my, you know, sassy pants attitude right now from my tech issues, <laughs> it's going to be lovely, especially considering the topic that we're going to talk about. Yeah, you have no patience for tech issues. Not, not I mean, today. I don't either. I don't know many people that do. But, no, uh, but when I'm counting on them, that's when they go wrong for me. Of course. Because, you know, I go to work all day, no tech issues, nothing. And then I come home and I have some time to actually work on stuff. Yeah, that's right. when it happens. So, you know, this is, it's good that we're sitting down to record this, having a little drink, mm. but you know, that would, <laughs> you know, it, it would calms me down a little bit. <laughs> like I said, it makes you honest. That's a way of putting it. <laughs> well, yeah, it's true, right? You know, I was reading this thing, this thing came across Facebook and it was like, uh, the four different types of drunks, right? Did you see that? Oh, and you instantly thought of me? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. But there's like the the drunk that gets, that it has zero effect on. They just continue being the same. There's the yeah. drunk that becomes like extremely like happy and all that kind of stuff. Oh, that is you. That's me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, and, yeah. <clears throat> Not that we get drunk. Hardly oh, ever. No, no, this no. isn't about that. No. This is just about, you know, the along the way. Then there were another two that I don't remember. So we can just stop talking about it. <laughs> Before we get to the truthful. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I don't get angry. I'm not angry. Nah. No. No. Yeah, so, that is... was not a very confident no. response. No, no, I'm not saying. Listen. I'm just realizing that I've been shoveling a hole while I'm in it. It's getting deeper (laughs) and deeper. And I should talk about something else. That's (gasps) all the politics. Like politics. (laughs) So shit. Or religion. We can just throw it all in there. Ooh. See, I have been on a religion tear lately on uh, on social yet? media. We should talk about our drink. Yeah. So what are you drinking? We're drinking different things today because you don't like what I have. Uh, yeah. I just, I'm not a cider person. So yeah. Um, like a apple-y flavor thing. Yes. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So I am, I think this is, oh, it's that margarita, uh, agave margarita you get in a bottle at Costco. Yeah. I'm not really sure what else it is, but... That's what it is. Uh, it is uh, probably going to go down quick because it's lemony and... <laughs> it's very uh, sweet. Sweet and yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which should make this podcast even more fun. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sweet to go with your sweetness. Sassy. Sweet and sassy. Sweet and sassy. <laughs> <laughs> I am drinking one of my favorite fall drinks. Which is spiced apple cider, and we got this up at a cider farm up on uh, um, what's that place that we go to? Holy shit! I just <laughs> Green, Bluff. Green Bluff at Walker's Farm. My brain does this regularly. Yes, <clears throat> did uh, you did you Walker's mean to farm. say spiced or spiked? 
Well, it's also, I then spiked it, but okay. it is a spiced cider that, uh, apple cider that then I spike with brandy. Okay. I like this drink a lot. I'm going to tell you. So, but it is a fall drink. I don't drink it any other time of year. In fact, I don't drink brandy the rest of the year. It, brandy is like a fall winter drink to me. Uh, gotcha. So, which, you know, I don't know if that's just me, but it's, it's like the weather starts to get cooler and I start going, Hmm, I'd like some brandy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So that's what we're drinking today. <clears throat> well, more power to you. Yeah, it's not. I don't really like that apple thing. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you kind of like the brandy. You sipped it, and you were like, "Oh, that was kind of nice," but I wouldn't drink much of it. I wouldn't. I yeah. mean, it's. I. It'd probably be, you know, sit around and like a fire, like ambiance kind of. Yep. Where you just had all evening to do, you know, to take sips and yeah. stuff. It would be very slow for me. Um, I'm not really in a slow mood right now. You are not. (laughs) I told you earlier, I said, I'm a little scared of you today. (laughs) So this will be, uh, I think this is a perfect time to to record this podcast. All will be good when they fix my website. I will be happy. If you are listening to this podcast as soon as it releases on Sunday, we are sitting here recording this on Friday afternoon. And so we... So just, uh, I mean, we're going to pound this one out pretty quick or, or the editing, I should say, and get it out because the election is this Tuesday. Well, yeah, the, the election, yeah, election day, day is Tuesday. So is the election Tuesday. is this Tuesday. I know election. I, gonna, I mean, I know people have been voting. Been voting. Yeah, it's been I was going to say people have been electing. <laughs> no, that's not actually right. Uh, people have been voting. All mm-hmm. along with lots of lots and lots of mail-in ballots and drop-off ballots and you know early ballots and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff because of COVID, mm-hmm. um, which is spiking again like crazy. Yeah. Um, but uh, <clears throat> but yeah, official election day Tuesday, November third, is uh, is in just a couple days from well a couple days from now, but it's really a couple days from when this episode will release on Sunday. So we just thought we would just talk about, you know, some of our, our, I don't know, our thoughts or feelings or views on, on Do you really the upcoming think election. Do want to know that? I don't know. But this isn't, okay. you know, I mean, you know, we do this for, we do this publicly and put it out there for an audience. But we've said from the beginning that these are our conversations. Yeah. So that's what we feel like talking about today, right? Yeah. Um, I was just thinking I had this like uh, mental picture of every time we say a hot button topic that we should hit a little buzzer and go, you know, Um, (laughs) and I'm just thinking of how many words have already been spoken up to this point that would deserve a buzzer. Oh. COVID. uh, Election. Religion. All of that. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's just a hot buzzer time. It is. It's, God, it's such a weird fucking time right now. Yeah. It's just, it's charged. Now, I mean, I mean, I'm 45 years old. I've been through a few presidential elections. Yeah. Um, and I, I know it's a thing to talk about this election is the big one. Mm-hmm. But come on, this is a big fucking election. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I, I mean, even looking back throughout history, um, I don't think that, you know, and, and I'm not talking about ancient 
ancient American history. There is no ancient American history. <laughs> I'm just talking about the history of the elections that I have been a part of. It might be ancient. It might be ancient. <laughs> yeah, not really. I'm just a young pup. Come on. Um, we're just young pups, baby. Do you, do you know how old you are? Because yeah. you've missed that one a few times. I said 45. I'm 45. Okay. I'm 45. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm 45. <laughs> I went a whole year saying I was 46 when I was only 45. Yeah. I like, I skipped a year. Yeah. It was yeah. bad. Yeah. You mm-hmm. could, anyway. Um, but uh, I I honestly cannot remember an, another election that I've been a part of that has been anywhere near this polarizing. Mm-hmm. Um, like, deep divide. Like I have, I've been in some like heavy duty conversations online, like posting some stuff and you know, where people are, I mean, it's like mm-hmm. either side is coming down pretty, pretty you deep, know, pretty th- deep in their entrenched beliefs. I keep seeing these posts by some people about how, um, how we, you know, should all be getting along and, uh, that even if we disagree and be on opposite sides, how we can, you know, still be friends and still get along and that sort of thing. Yeah. And I've really contemplated that because I really want to, I really want to know what those areas are for me where there is that, hey, we can have a really good conversation back and forth uh, and have differing views and differing opinions on it and be okay with each other, right? To have, uh, uh, mutual respect in that conversation. And then there's just some conversations, some thoughts out there, some issues out there that I just go, no, you know, this is not one that I care to have a relationship with. For me, I've mentioned this in one of my other interviews on my other podcast. One of those is racism for me. Mm. It j- There is no opinion on racism. It either is a problem or it's not like you're either racist or you're not. There isn't a gray area where we're going to agree on it. There's either white privilege or it doesn't exist, which we know that's not true. So there is no, we know it's not true that it doesn't exist, that it doesn't exist. So there is no, I'm going to agree with you, agree to disagree when it comes to racism, white privilege conversation. So that's one of those that I have a, I have a tough time following you know, the, the lovely suggestions for everyone to just get along. And right. I even right. saw one post today um, from, it's actually, it's been several, but there was one today that came up about a runner who's like, who had posted something and somebody reposted it. And it was about how uh, I just get out and go for a run and talk about puppies instead of politics and talk about, you know, Uh, these different areas instead of these hot button issues. And I go, yeah, because that is my white privilege that I can walk away from this and say it doesn't need to be talked about, that it doesn't exist. And so for me, it's a choice to keep pressing in. If, If these things are truly justice issues, I don't get to go for a run and think about puppies instead. You know, like, what is that? Yeah. Or am I just am I just too sassy pants today? You're sassy pants. No, you're not. I mean, you are sassy pants. But we've talked about this very privately, but we've also talked about it on this podcast as well. 
you and I are cut from a different cloth too. We have these, this, uh, decidedly driven justice drive. Mm -hmm. Can I say that driven justice drive? (laughs) My Um, highest value, my core value is justice. Yeah. That's That's what I'm talking about. That I see the world through. And, and when I really look at, you know, my life too, that's mine as well. I think that's, part of what really uh, sealed us together way back when. Yeah, I um, agree. You know, for the entire year that we were best friends prior to dating even, mm-hmm. it was always, I mean, it was it was justice <clears throat> issues. Mm-hmm. We didn't recognize that that's what it was, but we recognize it now. And we are justice driven. And mm-hmm. it's hard for us to look at anything outside of a justice lens. So, so where do we, where do we fit in to this world that wants everybody to just get along no matter what they agree and disagree on? Where do we fit into that then? Because I, I can't, I just can't go down there. It's not that I don't value relationship, but when it comes down to, uh, you having more human rights than another person, I, I can't agree with, I can't, I don't know how to have relationship with that, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I, I think this is a, I mean, this is a raw conversation right now. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I told you what, what would happen. (laughs) No, I'm just saying that like, this is one of those things we haven't talked about a lot. Um, I, I think that, uh, being justice driven the way that we are, we have to recognize that about ourselves and say, hey, that's, that's a motivator for us in life. And I, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not going to be afraid of it. I'm going to embrace it because it's who I am. At the same time, realizing that's my motivator. It's not everyone else's, else's motivator. motivator. Yeah. And so I, um, and this comes, this comes a lot easier to me because of my Enneagram 9-ness, um, I have to, uh, I have to, I think, work at, uh, grace isn't the right word I'm looking for. Um, Tempered? uh, Empathy. Oh. That's what I'm looking for. I have to, I have to work hard at engaging with someone else who isn't as strongly justice driven as I am and trying to empathize with their position, knowing that, um, that for them, they have other motivators in their life. So are you saying that I should empathize with someone who is racist? Well, fuck no. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What, what you just jump to that for? <laughs> Cause I'm having a drink and I'm sassy pants. Um, no. no, but, but you're saying you, that's the, that's the working that, was, out. that was the justice part of you <laughs> combined with some sassy pants today going to mock 1000 <laughs> from me saying, maybe we should just give everybody a little break. And you're like, I won't accept <laughs> racism. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. You uh, know. Yeah. I am not saying that. I, but I think there's a whole lot of room in between. I think there's a, I'm not saying in racism, I'm saying a whole lot of room in between someone not being justice driven and someone being a racist. 
Um, it, okay, I understand that. People. After about 10 different looks I gave you <laughs> during that. Um, I think that uh, some people's highest drive, I'm thinking of uh, one person that I, I know of in particular. I think I know who it is because I'm reading your mind right now. Well, then why don't you tell me? Because I bet you're wrong. No, because I can't say <laughs> it on this yeah. air. <laughs> no, I'm will, actually thinking of a public down. personality. Oh. Somebody that I don't know is who I'm thinking of right now. Um, who, who are you going to say? Oh, no. <laughs> I, really Not, I wasn't thinking of that person. Okay. Um, but a public personality I'm thinking of. Okay. Um, they have talked about this, and they mm-hmm. say that, like, their big motivator for their personal life is uh, is community, and so it's uh, so like they have arranged their entire life. In fact, they've built a a new. I was going to say a new home, but it's I mean it's actually a huge home, and but it was specifically because they say that out of three hundred sixty five days a year, they probably entertain people in their home three hundred days of those year of the mm-hmm. year. Um, that is like their motivator. They want to provide a, a place where people feel safe and people feel welcome and they feel loved. And, Can we go there? Uh, and we wouldn't be welcome because <laughs> you're a sassy fans <laughs> and we're both just as driven. <laughs> yeah. um, Gosh, it's a lonely life. Yeah, well, it can be. But, I, but what I'm saying is that that's very important too, right? Like oh, you yeah. just said. You would like to be invited to that <laughs> to that home, right? Why? Because because that's necessary. But you can't provide that if you are if your primary motivation is justice. Because when people come into our home, what we, the conversations that end up happening are justice conversations. Yeah. I mean, think about it. I I can't think of any time somebody doesn't come over and we don't we don't have these deep and, and wonderful conversations. I mean, I. Yeah. I love the conversations that we have. Um, and, and it's not that we're in, you know, intentionally abrasive or no, <laughs> overwhelming. No. I or know anything I'm like coming that. across that way right now, but I think you have, you've had a, you've had a frustrating day today with, it's not related to any of this kind of stuff. Right. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, I think, uh, ultimately, you know, my Enneagram six, uh, you know, when I decide what camp I'm in, and for me, if that's anti-racism, I am hardcore loyal to that. Yeah. And um, it's really hard for me to see outside of that and to see that there's another perspective that that deserves value. Right. And I'm not saying that on everything because I'm not that way on everything. But there are a few issues. I guess that was my point in even bringing this up, that there are, you know, when we talk about uh, fiscal issues and economy and stuff like that, you know, there are lots of school of thoughts, schools of thought that are even beyond what I understand on how economics work and all of that. Right. I'm not going to sit on a camp. I'm going, there's probably a lot more openness for me to, engage in that conversation and take in, ask questions, give back, you know, that back and forth. Um, so, but for me, there are a couple of issues. Um, equality is, I, and I know I keep using the word racism, but I think equality is probably an even bigger umbrella. 
when someone's um, humanity or human right is is valued as less than someone else's, that's where that's where the claws come out for yeah. me. Um, the, I mean, I would call those non-negotiables. Yeah, yeah. That, there are, that even when it comes to relationships, they're non-negotiables. Like, like if if I am in a relationship with someone and and they start expressing racist ideologies, mm-hmm. then first I'm going to confront that because mm-hmm. of my justice drive. <clears throat> right. And if and if they have zero desire to see life in a different way. I am not going to be able to continue relationship with them because that's a non-negotiable for me. Um, I don't have a lot of non-negotiables. No. And if I, you know, as we're talking, me thinking about that too, that's probably my non-negotiable. There's a lot of things that I can. Sure. That probably sit under that umbrella. But there's a lot of other things where, you know. I I definitely have a few more, but this isn't about that. (laughs) So. Well, but I, but I'm saying it's usually, if I start to think about other things that usually can sit under that umbrella of human equality, human rights, sure. right? Um, there are other things that I will have discussions about that I say, I think we probably agree on the same thing. Um, without going too far into it, I would say that about abortion, that I will agree with pro-life about how I feel about the actual action of abortion um, because I think that becomes an equality issue for me. But everything that surrounds that in the pro-life movement doesn't necessarily fit under that same umbrella, right? Sure. So, um, so the issues that I would end up differing on with somebody where I can see myself in both uh, conversations of pro-life and pro-choice um, – that's one of those where um, I'm able to move between the two uh, sides, if you want to call it that, um, with open perspective, with taking in and giving sure. back, right? Um, with one non-negotiable that sits in the center of it for me. Um, so, but what I what I do find is that in that co- particular conversation. That's not necessarily the case for other people. So I, it actually puts me in the opposite seat of myself mm. to be able to go, okay, but I'm trying to just have a conversation. I'm trying to just get along with you in this. I'm trying to find where we can meet on this. And when that's not given back, there's an automatic assumption that if, that if I take any piece of the pro-choice side, that I am anti-all pro-life, yeah. right? Yeah. So I can see the flip side of being me. And what that would feel like. Sure. I get that. Um, but being me has a really hard time um, right now in this atmosphere, this experience of this election, of this experience of 2020 and all the things that have happened in this year. Um, the experience of me is having a really difficult time. Yeah. Relationally. Yeah, and I will say for me, and I, I imagine, you know, that this is the same for you, um, but I will say for me that uh, Trump touches a lot of my non-negotiables. <laughs> right. 
So that's why it becomes like this, like serious thing for me mm -hmm. is because, you know, I look at it and I say, you know, the, the race question is a, um, a race question, <laughs> the race issue and inequality of, you oh, know, amongst for some races. people it is a question. Right. Uh, that's a non-negotiable for me. Um, uh, you know, misogyny, you know, and treatment of women is a non-negotiable for me. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Feminism, you know, equality is a non-negotiable for me. Mm -hmm. um, on and on down, you know, through, uh, you know, you know, how we treat our, how we treat our, uh, our neighbors in the world. Um, it's a justice issue for me. It's a non-negotiable mm -hmm. for me that you, you don't, you don't alienate yourself in, you know, in your, the worldwide neighborhood, you know, th those kinds of things. I mean, there's just, mm -hmm. there's a lot of non-negotiables that Trump touches that, uh, that are my, that are hot button issues for me because quite honestly, um, I, I just, I struggle so much with Trump's largest base of support being the evangelical Christian community, having spent the majority of my life, all of my life. I can't, I mean, I can't really say I'm out of it right now. Um, but uh, spent, having spent all of my life in the evangelical Christian mm -hmm. community, I'm like, how do we, there? yeah, how <laughs> do we fucking promote this? How does this align anything with anything that we were even taught in fucking Sunday school? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, and so that's, uh, I don't want to get any rantier than that. That, maybe that was the. Why, but but you said we were going to talk about the election. So how are you not going to get ranty? ranty? Because I I think that, like for instance, part of what I, part of what I want to talk about is like my own journey in this. And I mean, you you were there with me for my journey, but we've never really we haven't talked about it a whole lot. But I mean, I am not a Republican. Yeah. I also don't think I'm a Democrat. Um, at least I've I've never identified that way. Um, I I honestly don't know where I fit right now. I mean, it's just this it's this weird space for me. But I will say this: that I was born and raised into an extremely conservative Republican, even right wing environment. Mm -hmm. Um, Me too. Yeah, and and part of that had to do with where we come from. I mean, a large part of it. I mean, I, I grew up most of my life in Idaho. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it's hard to be in Idaho and not be a conservative right wing Republican. Mm -hmm. You grew up in in Arizona, same thing. Yeah, John McCain I mean, was our senator yeah, for pretty yeah. much my entire life growing up there. Right. And, um, it was in primarily LDS community with a lot of yep. Mormon legislatures. Um, and a highly Christian-oriented community. So we, we both, yeah. like that's, mm -hmm. I mean, that's what we were yeah. bred and raised in, mm -hmm. right? And so it's no, I mean, it right. doesn't surprise me that that's how we spent the good part of our life. And then, you know, being a, you know, spending a, a period of time as a fundamentalist conservative Christian, mm -hmm. you know, and then pastor for a period of time. Right. Um, it just reinforced all of that. Um, 
But all of that began to change for me in uh, George W.'s uh, first term. Hmm, 9-11. Yeah, after 9-11. Um, and probably his second term. It was probably a second term. I was going to say, that's because, interesting because his first term was pretty um, covered with yeah, 9-11 and yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. aftermath of that. What began to change for me is that I began like having some serious questions about what are we really doing with this, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, you know... We're talking about weapons of mass destruction. We go after Saddam Hussein, mm -hmm. get him, and then don't find any weapons of mass destruction. We're like, wait, but wasn't he the guy that pissed off your dad? You know? <laughs> and um, and it's yeah. like all this stuff started not making sense to me. And it, and it opened this little crack, right? Mm -hmm. Well, during that second term, was also when we started going through a huge faith deconstruction. Yeah. And same kind of thing started happening with our faith, where these little cracks started popping in there going, wait, we've been being taught this, and we've even taught this to others, but it's it it's we can't hide that it's not making as much sense to us anymore. Right. Like there, there are some questions that we've come up with answers for that never were very strong and even right. now are just really they're not holding water, right. right? So I remember that um, when it came time for the next presidential election, like I was sweating and shaking and I was, I was almost scared to let anybody, I was scared. Like I couldn't let anybody in the church know. I fucking voted for Obama. Mm -hmm. <sighs> That's the first time you know, I hadn't you know voted Republican in my life. What's really twisted about that? Really twisted? I'm not sure if how much we've talked about this. But I actually supported your decision to vote for Obama at that time. And I'll tell you why. The one That is pretty fucked up. No, 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 no. Oh, wait. No, I'm not there yet. <laughs> I think I know what you're gonna say. No, but, go but ahead. The, the 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 one reason felt like I had kind of become out of touch with politics and all of mm -hmm. that for a while because what we were doing at that time was intensive work within our community with youth and that sort of thing. And I felt like I had just kind of tuned out a lot of that national stuff. But the one, the one reason that I was supportive of you voting for Obama was that I really wanted to see a black president. I wanted to see that uh, turn in our country. That isn't what I thought you were going to say. Okay, this is that's not the controversial part, though. Yeah. Well, I hope not. <laughs> so I supported that, but because of this deeply ingrained uh, Republican conservative Christian ideology that I was still working through, but I hadn't landed someplace yet, I voted Republican. I this is yeah. yeah. And I, and I literally said this because I used to hear this all the time growing up that it really, this is what I heard growing up. It really doesn't matter if the woman has a vote because they, if they vote their own vote different from their husband, they just cancel each other out.
right? Yeah. So that was my, oh gosh, I've done so much work since then. But that we just you just canceled me out, baby. I canceled you just canceled you out. my vote. So for me, I was you like, canceled you canceled my vote. I did. <laughs> you never had a chance. You voted in Idaho for I Obama. I was voting for Obama in Idaho. <laughs> Which is the other reason why I didn't think it mattered that much is because I was like, I'm voting Democrat. I mean, the Republicans gonna yeah. get the count, but yeah. right. Um, but. Here's the thing. There was something just left in me going, I can't cross that line yet. Yet I know there's something really good that is coming forward. And I remember the day that um, Obama was sworn in, the, you know, the whole entourage of what happened that day. I made my girls sit with me in front of the TV and I said, you are watching history. Mm. You are watching a shift in this country. And it was like watching royalty to me. Like we, this was such a massive uh, leap that our country chose to take. And I was I was so proud in that moment to be American, to watch um, Barack and Michelle Obama go through that whole process and stand there and be sworn in and just the, the regalness of it and, um, and the respect that they had for the position was inspiring to me. Yeah. That how seriously they took what was happening in this moment of history. I'm saying that out loud because this isn't something that just one happens overnight where you just go, oh, I think I'm going to do this now. I think I'm going to be this yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah. you know, thinker. But it's this process of trying to unravel what it was that you're ingrained in and you buy into and how you unravel that to get to where you are today. And I expect in five years, I'll look back at this podcast and go, Jess, what were you thinking? <laughs> you know, like, what is the growth process for me in five sure. more years sure. in this, right? But what I would give right now <laughs> for that moment to sit in front of the television and watch another inspiring, regal moment like that when our country chose to vote in a black president. Right. Like, I'd give anything for that right now. Yeah. Um, the sad thing about it for me <laughs> is four years later, I didn't vote for Obama again. I did. So now, we canceled oh, each other out we again. Can, no, we didn't. Because <gasps> I didn't vote for anyone. You didn't vote for anyone. So my vote counted. Your vote, your vote counted. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> um, I didn't vote for anyone for, for this ignorant and bullshit reason that I, I was like, you know what? I'm really glad we had our first black president and it was this huge thing and, and all that kind of stuff. I don't mean to make that. Like, I was, I was very happy for that. Um, but 
I was saying to myself, but just on the merits of his presidential service, he just hasn't really done that much. <laughs> you know? Would and, you like to take that thought back Oh, now? my God. I mean, it, thankfully, he was elected again for a second term yeah. anyway, in spite of my vote, <laughs> my non-vote. Again, we were um, still living in Idaho. But I didn't vote against him, <laughs> that's for sure. But... um yeah, I was just like, I was just like, mm, meh. That's how I kind of felt, meh. Yeah. You know, and I was, I was kind of disenfranchised with the whole vote thing anyway because I was like, you know, I'm in Idaho again, Idaho. The whole electoral thing just was like, it was it frustrating count. to me that yeah, um, and so so there was that whole piece of it, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so fast forward the next four years, okay, and so we're we're sitting now at the you know. <laughs> We're in Washington. Yeah, at the time, a little, so. no, really, right now, right now, four years ago. I yeah. mean, it's days before the right. vote again, and it's Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump, and Donald Trump is a fucking joke. There is no one who's going to vote less for him. than a week before the election. There is no one who thinks he has a chance. It's going to be a landslide. It's going to be a blowout. Of course, and Hillary we're going to have the first. We're going to have the first female president. president. All that kind of stuff, right? Right. But I had so much baggage. This is just four years ago. Yeah. So much baggage from my lifetime of being a right wing conservative Republican. Particularly during the Clinton administration, I could not bring myself to yeah. vote for a Clinton. Right. And I was like, I won't do it. I won't vote for a Clinton. And so, um, you know, and I was like, and, and I pulled this card, but we're in a liberal state. So the vote's going to go, you know, the electoral college mm -hmm. is going to go to Hillary anyway. So it really doesn't matter. And I voted third party. Right. We um, both did. And, and now well, I'm trying to. Our big thing then was to, to vote your conscience. Yeah. You know, vote for somebody that uh, most closely aligns with your values. Because she was going to win anyway. Right. So I'm going to vote my <laughs> conscience. I'm going to vote my conscience and, was, and vote for the person. It was people like us who. Fuck me. In this spot. Yeah. I mean, it's like nobody. Nobody imagined that he would actually have a chance. No, mm -hmm. Nobody. Mm -hmm. Now, I shouldn't say nobody. I think there were people that were trying to cry out for people to wake up, that there is something going on here. And there is this groundswell that's happening that you, needs to be paid attention to. But but uh, nobody I knew was paying attention to that. Yeah. And, and I just remember that night. I remember watching, like flipping between all the news channels, mm -hmm. like just flipping through all of them constantly. Where are they at in their counts? Are the counts lining up? What are they saying? What are they doing? You know, all that kind of yeah. stuff. And watching them collectively just be like, my God, he he just won. Yeah. I mean, it was like, like that actually happened, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I, I grew up um, knowing Trump to be, I mean, I remember in junior high going to New York and going to Trump Tower and this pink marble building it was just gaudy and like that was my impression of trump was this gaudy rich guy who 
probably I think he did even have like gold faucets and you know stupid he, stuff like his, that, like a waste. His of New money. York apartment was like all gold plated. Right. I mean, it was. But yeah. he was. I grew up with him being a joke. Like he was, he was a community joke, and like a, even in the Republican community, he was, he was a thief. He was. That's how he was looked at. He didn't care about women. He was a user, and he was a thief, like a financial thief, and. That that storyline I knew from a highly conservative Republican right wing Christian environment, right? And then he goes to run for president and somehow this like whole thing got twisted and I'm like, why are all of you going from that description to we have to vote a minis better than Hillary? And and I'm like, it, it was just it was kind of um like surreal that that the people, the community, the ideology I grew up in had made such a big shift. And I think that was one of those moments where I went, okay, I got to undo all of this. Yeah, This isn't just about my politics. This is about my faith. This is about uh, family structure. This is about my role as a woman in America that I didn't really engage with up to that point. Um, but that the communication was not, or the leadership of Trump was not about moving us forward in equality, but is actually undoing it and taking us backwards. And so it really has, uh, that has been a catalyst to me looking into my faith, looking into my belief system, looking into my ideologies all of it and saying, Jess, what do you actually believe? You've got to strip away what you, what you, you know, grew up understanding and your worldview and not just jump ship and go climb on the next ship, but actually really understand what is it that you value and how does that lead you forward in your community and in your, uh, vote, in your, um, efforts and in your work in life like this has been could i actually say this has been good for me like i don't want to say trump was good for anything i honestly don't want to say that but it did start unraveling and getting me back to the core of what is it do i actually believe because i'm not sure i knew up until now yeah, we were we were watching a video that was about something entirely different not long ago. You shared this video with me, and um, totally different topic. But um, at the end, the the woman who was talking was talking about how um, those that make it through this difficult thing end up more full human beings on the other oh, side of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah relationships are stronger they're mm-hmm. more i mean they they right. they've grown as human beings through it they've become better people all that kind of stuff and so she was asked you know so do you do you think everybody should go through this terrible tragedy kind of thing and she was like no any more than i would wish cancer on anyone but there's no doubt that those who have gone through cancer there's no doubt those who have gone through this difficult thing and come mm-hmm. through the other side that they don't, there's no doubt that they they haven't grown immensely because of it. Right. 
and and I feel like that right now in this in this moment. I feel like just like what you're talking about. I have grown immensely because of Donald Trump's presidency. Yeah. And I hope to God he doesn't get voted in again. Now, nobody said on this podcast that we were going to stay neutral. <laughs> no, right? but those people, I don't think those are the ones listening to us. Well, I don't think so either. But I mean, honestly, but, if but that's even what if they are, for. even if they are, I'm just saying that um, I, I don't mind admitting, I think I'm pretty vocal about it, that, uh, that I think that Donald Trump has been the worst president mm-hmm. that we've ever had, period. Mm-hmm. Um, what I th- what I think has happened is he's actually brought to the surface the worst of all of us. Yeah, I agree with um, that. Because we have people like Mitch McConnell, who is, you want to talk about drain a swamp. Let's start right. draining. Right. Like that, it, it's it's vile, the, the, the tactics that are used to um, accomplish agenda. What the church leaders have yes. allowed to surface in who they are and what they actually believe, choosing the camp that they d- decide to camp in and what uh, sections of our communities have risen up and said, no, I'm actually racist and I'm okay with it. I'm proud of it. I'm going to fly my fucking flag in the back of my Jeep right. and say, hey, hey, let me show you my Trump sign underneath that. You know, like yeah. it's just, yeah. it, it, it has raised all the guck to the surface and, uh, and I think um, to a shocking level, to a to level that a I didn't that I, I didn't, didn't understand was there. No, I didn't understand that this actually existed. I thought we were better than this. I thought we were too, and I don't. But I, but I have to say, particularly in this last year, it hasn't just been all on Trump that has brought that about. Although his leadership has right. been a catalyst for permission for it. But I honestly thought going into a pandemic that as a community, just like what happened at 9-11, I felt like for those of us who were old enough to experience it, really probably as an adult understanding what was going on and what was at stake for our country and experiencing the tragedy visually in real time, um, I think... I experienced a country that came together and said it doesn't matter if we're Democrat or, Democrat or Republican, we're on the same side, and we're going to get through this together. And I saw bridges um, mended, and I saw people come together and just be community and just be on the same side, right? I honestly thought when we the talks of a possible pandemic was going to be unleashed on the world, I thought that's what I was going to experience again. And... It's been the opposite. It has been, COVID has, it's like, <laughs> I feel like sometimes it's like the, uh, when Moses stepped out and divided the Red Sea and there was a wall on one side and wall and there's this pass on the way through and they are either on one side or the other. Like there was this just divide that happened with COVID. Well, it, and it, it became a thing where, 
if if you are an anti-masker or if you think that COVID is real, yeah, real. <laughs> um, I can pretty much bet on who you're voting for, <laughs> and it's like it it shouldn't be that. Why are we the, all on the same side against a pandemic? The enemy is the pandemic. It shouldn't be each other. Yeah. But that's what, um, I think that's the polarizing nature of what Trump has sought out to do is to, to say, no, 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 no. You're either with me or you're against me. And if you're with me, you're with all of these things. Mm -hmm. And if you're not with me on all of these things, that means you're actually against me. And so people have lined up to be with him so that they're not counted as against him. Um, the, the thing with all of this, for me, is that I am, I am craving just middle ground again. Like I'm craving being able to have a conversation where with someone yeah. where we see eye to eye on some things, we don't on other things. And, but yet there's this middle ground where we're, we're just, yeah, you know, we can have, I mean, relationship we can have, you know, it doesn't have to be this black and white. It doesn't have to be this line in the sand. It doesn't, you know, it, this this makes me think of um, we just recently finished the Schitt's Creek um, season. Yeah. So good. So good. I'm so, so good. sad it's over. I'm like I'm missing them like they're <laughs> they were living in my house somehow. But then we watched the this like kind of like this documentary of the last season of Schitt's Creek. Yeah. And behind the scenes and how they all you know yeah. interacted with that last season. And they did some interviews of different people, and one of the one of the things they touched on was how um, how much <laughs> how much advocacy for the LGBTQ community mm -hmm. that show was, without ever making it a point of the show, that it was so normal to have this storyline that that it wasn't strange. To have um, heterosexual and gay relationships existing in the same show, they weren't making a point of it. It just yeah. was. It wasn't a show about LGBTQ right. people, but it had. No it was a show about people. It was a show about people, but yet it it normalized the interaction. It normalized um, the uh, the beauty of both types of relationships, right? And how they yeah. interacted with each other. Yeah. That's what I'm longing for. Yeah. It's not, um, I wouldn't have called it, although you may be saying the same thing, I wouldn't have called it a middle ground. I want a normalization of equality. I want that to just be and just exist that that I'm different than you and that's okay that my skin is different color than you and it's just normal. And then it's just not, and, and that doesn't mean I'm diffusing the Black Lives Matter movement because I'm actually not in making that statement. 
my my thing is is I want to see that there's this existence that it's no longer needed that we have to keep giving voice to the marginalized because there aren't actually any marginalized anymore, right? Mm. So it's not that I want to see Black Lives Movement stop talking or the LGBTQ community to stop talking. I want to ke- them to keep fighting. I want to keep fighting for that equality. But I long for the day where we reach equality, that there are no more marginalized and it is normal to exist cohesively. Yeah. And I don't see that ever being an option under the today Republican administration or the fundamentalist Christianity agenda. I don't see it existing between those two. And they're in a really tight relationship right now that I think is toxic to each other. Yeah. And that, uh, that, <laughs> that's probably my other camp to, uh, to line up my non-negotiable. Um, I can argue the fundamentalist Christianity part, um, as good as the next guy, because I lived it, I breathed it, I know it, I understand what you're saying, and you're wrong. You're yeah. wrong. You're getting it wrong. Yeah. And it's you're taking this country to a place that Jesus would have no interest in being other than he would be the first one to advocate for the people you just crushed. Truth. You know, I would, um, I, I, I am 100% there with you. Um, I would add to that, though, that, um, that I don't see us getting there under, you know, conservative Republican leadership, I also don't see us getting there under current Democratic leadership either. Um, Why do you think Martin Luther King said, I have a dream? Yeah. Because without the dream, we won't get there, Case. Yeah. I just, I, I think that we have a system that is fundamentally broken. The whole thing needs to be overhauled. The whole thing. Like, we need to step back. America is in its teenage years right now. We have a lot of shit to learn from other countries. If we just step back and look at what other people have chosen or other countries have have already gone through, we would learn something. We aren't the smartest kid on the block. But we are the bully. And if we don't shut up, we're going to keep hurting ourselves and the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is, an, this is an opportunity for us to, to be able to step back from everything and say what needs to happen, not yeah. just in the next four years, what needs to happen long term? Um, I am, and it, you know, I don't have a problem putting this out there. I am, I am absolutely voting for Joe Biden. Well, yeah. Uh, Duh. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> I'm <sorry>. voting for <laughs> Joe Biden 
because I am a Democrat or because I am a fan of Joe Biden. I'm voting for Joe Biden because I believe it will put an end to the Trump regime mm-hmm. and it will open up a space to be able to say what needs to happen in the next four years. Yeah. And there is some some things that I've been working on that I think I'm going to start getting pretty vocal about and pretty involved in that are like the, the system at its base is really fucked up. The, the, the system of where money drives who we even hear is running for any political office, right? Is really fucked up. And, you know, there's some, there's some people out there that have been doing some really fantastic work in this and they've been gaining some ground, but I've only recently become aware of them. And the stuff that they're saying is, is really important, I think, to say we have to be able to address the corrupt money systems that are shoring up our corrupt political policies um, or or corrupt election policies, I should say. We have to be able to address the money issue before we can really start looking at third party candidates or, Mm -hmm. or, or, or beyond, right? Just looking at, Hey, who is the best person for this position? Not which party do we want to be in this position? Because right now I would say for, you know, for most of the country, I I vote for a Republican president or I vote for a Democrat right. president. They okay. don't vote for a person so much as they vote for a party for party. president. We're kind of forced that way at this point. We are because, again, it's a corrupt system. Right. And so, you know, I... I, I feel like you know there's this there's this there's this raging inferno in the White House right now that we have to put out. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. That is the first concern. I'll do whatever it takes to put out this raging inferno. Mm-hmm. But after we get that put out, okay, how did we get to this place? Yeah, we need to start dealing with that. Um, and and I believe that at a, at its again at its foundational base that. The election reform has to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to be, we have to address the, uh, the money issue. Um, and, and that's something that, that I am educating myself on, that I'm becoming more passionate about mm-hmm. and that I'm, um, I intend to actually begin doing some work in, in, in helping to, spread Mm. that information to share that information that's out there because we need we need reform in so many areas in our country right now but that reform is going to come from having a government that is of the people and by the people and right now we have a government that is by a, a ridiculously and I think horrifically small few people that determine who we even get to vote on. Yeah. And, and because of that, the same engine keeps chugging forward 
and we're not addressing these large scale issues that are getting fucking out of hand. Yeah. Um, so that that wasn't a rant. That was a bit preachy. I get it. And I don't. It's not even preachy. It's just. Mm. It, I mean, it's. There are. This election is so important to shut down this to stop this runaway train right mm-hmm. now. This. Uh, you know what I think of? It's like there was that a couple of years ago. There was the the guy that stole a tank from somewhere, and he went through this little town. And he was driving through people's houses. He was driving through stores. He was driving like he was driving over people's cars with this tank and nobody could stop him because it was a fucking tank. <laughs> you can they they couldn't slow him down. They yeah. couldn't get him out of the tank. They couldn't bullets bounced off of it. I mean, all the I mean, SWAT team's arsenal couldn't touch it, you know. Yeah. And and I feel like that's what we have right now. We have this Trump tank. That is that is just running over everything, causing so much destruction. We have to get it stopped. Okay, then we can talk about how we fucking get here in the first place. Yeah. And let's start let's start addressing the the larger issues of of how we arrived here. And so that's that's what this election is about for me. This election is about shutting that shit down. Plain and simple. So this is the time for the advocates to rise. This is the time to get really honest about your values. This is the time, if you haven't yet, to do the work about what you actually believe. And then after this election, no matter who wins, Get busy. Yeah. The work has to be done. It can't just be done by the black community. It can't just be done by the LGBTQ community. It can't just be done by the people that we think we elect into positions. It has to be done by each and every one of us. If we want abortion to stop, we need to stop looking at polarized options. We need to start looking at the core of what exists behind the issue and say, am I willing to do the work of what it takes to help a woman through this whole process? Not just make my vote count, not just raise my voice on social media. Yeah, or even getting there in the first place. But, But what I'm saying is, is, that this is far more holistic absolutely than it is one issue and where i where i get concerned is that i have i have too many friends who are in a gay marriage who are at risk for two things their marriage dissolving un, uh, unwanted by them and their ability to ever have a child to raise going away. Yeah. These are big issues. Yeah. So if there is, there is burning in ourselves to see these things matter, to see these things have place in our community, then we have to be the advocate. 
Even if we didn't think we are, we have to be the advocate. We have to be the voice. Yeah. I'm not in the LGBT community because of my sexual orientation. I am a part of the LGBT community because of the friends that are in my life. They need me having a voice for them, with them. Not on a saviorism issue, but they need more voices than just them. They need us alongside them. Yeah. Because if I want equality for me, I want equality for them. I'm not free if they're not free. This doesn't work that way. So it does. It has to, it has to, it has to happen at the ground level. It has to happen first from neighbor to neighbor. Take your fucking Trump signs out of your yard. You don't even need a Biden sign in the yard. What is that doing for anybody? Right. Be a neighbor. What does it mean to be a neighbor? Right. Have dinner with somebody, virtually or otherwise. Like, uh, start the process of healing this country despite whoever wins this election. Or we all lose. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really solid point that... Trump wins, Biden wins. Doesn't really matter if we start, if each of us individually starts living, loving our neighbors. Mm -hmm. We start living that way. We're loving each other, even in our disagreements. Yeah. We're loving each other. Um, We care for each other. We support each other you know, in the ways that we can, mm-hmm. um, not necessarily in your, definitely not in your racist ideologies, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, we will, we will heal this country. Um, but it's, I mean, it's, I, I used to say that, or I used to believe, I, mean, I used to say it too, that I didn't think a president actually had that much power when I came down to it. There was way too many checks and balances. I will never, never say that fucking again. say that again. Yeah. Um, I don't, I four didn't. Four more years is only going to undo that exponentially faster than the last yeah. four years. I, I had no idea that a president could run so unchecked. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just I can't be a party but, to it. But honestly, again. that's only because you have a political party that has decided that uh, their agenda matters, and I will align with the one thing that I is on my agenda that you are advocating for. Um, and here's what I would say to those who I don't think there are any evangelical Christians who are listening to our podcast because I think we lost them after episode one. But if you are listening, here's what I would say. Are you specifically saying, by the way, evangelical Christians who are currently thinking of voting for Trump? No, no, no. I'm saying we have we have. I think we have some evangelical Christians that listen to us. I, I, I don't know. I'm just saying that we we you're brave if you do because we buck this conversation all the time. And I give kudos to you if you have stuck through and listened to our conversations on this. But if you are listening, here's what I would challenge. 
I would challenge you to separate church ideology, church uh, culture, uh, theology, doctrine, all that stuff you've been trained to understand. Separate that from the words of Jesus. Take some time to shut all those other things out and just read the words of Jesus. I think you will have a hard time interacting with those previous ideologies, those previous theologies, when you look at the things that Jesus chose to talk about in three years. The things he chose to talk about were all justice issues. If you can't see it, then you might need to change the lens of theology in which you view it in. Because just because you have camped in an area that says, this is what the Bible says, doesn't mean you're right. It means that that's your opinion and how you view the Bible. But if you are willing to take the opportunity for yourself and for the humans who exist around you to separate the two from each other, And investigate, what if Jesus was saying something different than I thought he was? What if I just listened differently to what he actually said? Where would you land? Are you willing to say that the things that matter to Jesus matter to me at a level that I'm willing to give up my political agenda at this moment in time because I want to align with something that was good and right. We have to do that as followers of Jesus. If we don't, we are followers of institution. We are at a critical point in history where we have to make a choice. What you believe matters. It matters for how you live your life in your home, and it matters how you interact with your community. So get busy understanding what you believe and be willing to look all the way around to say, is there a different kind of solution to abortion? Is there a different kind of solution to how I decide if I'm going to hold you accountable to your sin? And what the fuck is sin anyway? Do that search. These are the things that are driving the Republican Party right now because they're willing, the evangelical Christian community, on a broad spectrum, I am not saying this to every single person out there who is, who is aligning themselves with Christianity, but as a political movement, they're camping on two things. One, pro-life which I think there's a lot of conversation that could happen around that that is good for everyone. And the other is that somehow my Christianity cannot coexist with another party outside of Republican. If you're willing to break open that, you might see that there are creative, exponential options for all of humanity to thrive and experience what Jesus intended for the commun- the kingdom of God. Okay, my drink is empty. <laughs> that means so is your preaching. <laughs>
Okay. <laughs> so I got a little preacher in me. I, I am so hot about this case. I know you because are. Because we, uh, yeah, we are going round and round right now with people in our life <clears throat> that were part of our formative years. Yeah. And even people that we served as you being a pastor in the community. Um, and we're going round and round on things where there's just such a disconnect between who Jesus is and what their Christian faith is actually playing out to be. Yeah, I agree. And I am, I am passionate about people actually aligning with what it is they say they believe. Yeah. And I, I don't think the two are going together anymore. Yeah. So vote for Biden. Yeah, vote for Biden. <laughs> vote vote against Trump. I mean, yeah. Vote against hate, vote against racism, vote for immigration, vote for children to be freed from cages, vote for LGBTQ rights, vote for equality of women. Vote against misogyny. Vote against patriarchal systems. Vote against the money. Yeah. Boom. Booyah. Mic yeah. drop, although it's hooked to this, so yes, I can't yeah, drop it. Yeah, please don't drop our mics. <laughs> <laughs> they're, very, they're very expensive. And we make well, no money Very expensive this. to us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I think that's, well, that's <laughs> what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> Is it? Because I came into this, you know, sassy pants. I think I'm leaving sassy pants. Yeah, that's and that's okay. This is a sassy time. Um, <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, I just wanted to have the conversation because, again, this is this is happening. I, our next episode will will be in a new world, whether it's a new world <laughs> of four more years <laughs> of wow, yeah, not the so same, right. four more years of worse, because it will even get worse. Or four more years, uh, or four years that we have to undo, to yeah. rebuild after the the damage. I think so. That's it. our next episode is going to be at the beginning of that. Yeah. We'll, I I know this. We may not have an answer on election night on Tuesday night. Yeah. We may not have an, an answer. We will have an answer by our next episode. <laughs> I, I I would I would challenge this to the world, um, that if we believe in loving our neighbor as ourself, as Jesus had said. Then when you choose to wear a mask or not wear a mask, who are you loving more, yourself or your neighbor? When you cast that vote on Tuesday, who are you loving more, yourself or your neighbor? The answer should be equal. The answer should be both. Your vote, your choices in this community, how you interact in the world should love both you and your neighbor. If they don't, it's not justice. I guess I have more preaching me. Okay. <laughs> but that's the note we go out on. <laughs> go vote, everybody. And thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.